You're listening to a Chicago Sports Nation production, enhancing your Chicago sports fan experience. Well, come on, baby, don't you wanna go? Well, come on, baby, don't you wanna go? Back to the same old place. Welcome back, Bears fans. Bears Nation podcast. We promised you the preview episode for the upcoming game against the Carolina Panthers. I mentioned that on the bonus episode that myself and Kevin did earlier this week. If you haven't checked out the bonus episode, go do that. We talked about a lot of fun hypotheticals there. Uh, Before we get started, just want to mention Manscaped once again. We got all their stuff in the mail recently and is as good as advertised. Reminder, you guys, our listeners can use the code SHI, C-H-I, to get 20% off your order from Manscaped. Absolutely worth it. Highly recommend. So you guys should definitely go do that. But keeping it moving now, Kevin Lapka, Chris Nano. What's going on, guys? How you doing, Jake? Uh, we talked to each other on the bonus episode, but now we're back in the Bears game action after this long week. Bears versus Panthers should be a good game. Uh, Chris is along with us to talk about it. I'm excited, guys. Let's do it. Yeah, I mean, um, this is another good game. I, I think we're playing a team that before the season we thought was going to be a team we'd just roll through, but um, it's not really looking like that anymore. Um, you know, we're going to have to be ready to play, and, you know, th- we had a little bit of a longer week, so... Um, Got to hope that the guys are ready and prepared. Yeah, this is still part of the Bears winnable stretch that we talked about a few weeks back. Um, I mean, the Panthers are a good team still, though. They're no pushovers. Teddy Two Gloves, Teddy Bridgewater has been playing really well over the last three weeks or so. No Christian McCaffrey still, but that doesn't mean too much because Mike Davis, old friend of the Chicago Bears, has been running very well behind a strong offensive line, been finding a lot of room to run, which has been opening up the pass game for Teddy Bridgewater to work. So the Panthers coming in to this game feeling confident that they've won two in a row, I believe. Three Three in a row now, yeah. So uh, they're not a pushover. Like I said, this is a team you have to take seriously. Um, they've beaten the Chargers, they've beaten the Cardinals, and they've beaten the Falcons uh, over the last three weeks. And so, I mean, you got to take them seriously. You need the entire team to show up. You can't lean on your defense the entire time. You need to score points because, I mean, they've been scoring. I mean, they scored 31 against the Cardinals, 23 against the Falcons, 21 against the Chargers. So you're going to have to score at least 20 points on this one. You know, I think it's actually funny about Mike Davis. We have all of these people on Twitter and all the Bears fans talking about, you know, how, how motivated is Mike Davis. You know, this is the Mike Davis revenge game. Like, I don't even remember this his time with the Bears at all. Like, it wasn't significant at all. It was a short longevity. Like, this is no type of revenge game. So let's just get that out of the way. Mike Davis isn't going to be coming out here ready to just, you know, I'm, you know, he, he's just been waiting all year to take on the Chicago Bears. I don't think, I don't think that's the way it is. Um, that's just me personally. We kind of did him dirty in Chicago. I, I mean, you could argue that, but I don't think this is a, a true quote revenge game. With that being said, though, um, it, it is fascinating that the Carolina Panthers are now three and zero without Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Mike Davis, like you said, is running pretty well. Um, you know, they're getting it done. Teddy Bridgewater's throwing the ball around a little bit, but this is an average Carolina Panthers team. You look across, down, you know, across the board at all their statistics, yards per game, defensive, offensive. I mean, you will find them 
I when I was doing my research, you find them in pretty much the range of 10 to like 16 in about every single category. So they're right there in that average above average category. There's no aspect of their team other than really pass defense, which they're fifth best in the league in yards per game. There's no real aspect of the team that's you know, truly vulnerable or just one aspect that they're truly great at. I mean, that's just the reality of the Carolina Panthers right now. They're just right now, uh, Matt Rule is a great coach, uh, you know, through these first five games and they're winning football games. So, um, you know, you got to find the advantages where you can take them. And we'll talk about those a little bit. But, um, you know, there's no certain part of this team that people are looking at ahead of this game saying, we need to exploit this. We need to exploit that. This is just going to be, you know, an average football team is going to do their best to go out there and win a game. They're not going to rely on any single part of the team. They're just a a well-put-together team. So um, it's going to be a task. It's going to be a task, but nothing that the Bears can't handle. Yeah, um, so just to start off, that Mike Davis revenge game stuff is just so silly. Like, he... He's literally, he is literally, like, I see him all the time uh, talking to Bears players on social media. Like, there's no such thing as, as bad blood. Like, we didn't, we didn't cut him on bad terms. Like, there was nothing like that. And he, like you guys said, like, he was on the Bears for, I mean, when did he get cut? It was like er, weeks after week three or something. Yeah. After three or four. Yeah. And it's like, come on, man. Like, that's a storyline that, like, I've just not even been paying attention to because I think it's so pointless. Um, with that being said, Mike Davis has been on a tear. Uh, the Panthers are looking pretty damn good. Um, they just have so many weapons on offense. Um, so, I mean, it, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Robbie Anderson has damn near 500 yards on the season already. Um, and the Bears are actually underdogs coming into this game. So, uh, the line is at Carolina minus one and a half. So, um, yeah, I mean, Kevin hit it, hit it right on the head. Um, you know, the Panthers are solid all around. Like it, it's it's a team that, you know, before the season, you're looking at it. You're like, all right, we got the Panthers. I mean, they're they're tanking for Trevor Lawrence. And then you look at them now and it's like, you know, they're right there. They're, they're a solid team. So, um, you know, I, I just hope I just hope we're ready. I hope we're ready. Yeah, I kind of think that I mean, I know Kevin said the revenge game thing is kind of BS, but I actually disagree. I mean, I think like you said, Kevin, in your opening statement, Mike Davis got did dirty. He didn't get the opportunity that he signed on for. He signed a contract thinking that he'd get a better opportunity than he did with the Seahawks. And then he got a worse one. So I think there oh, is I don't that little, know about that. I think so. I the Seahawks at least he used wasn't expecting. Uh, come yeah, on. That, well, that's, come on. But he wasn't expecting anything more, I don't think, when he came to I, Chicago. I, I mean, I know they I entirely disagree with that. Thing. I think they said I think he expected a bigger role. And I mean, he certainly didn't expect a lesser role, which I mean, even if you don't even if you want to argue, eh. he wasn't expecting a bigger role. He wasn't expecting to be cut after week three or four. So I I think there is a bit of a revenge element to this. I think there is a bit of a chip on your shoulder where you're like, okay, these guys cut me because they wanted a conditional pick that they could trade for Nick Foles. So I think there is a bit of fuel that fire there for you to use, um, especially now because Tariq Cohen's down and I'm sure Mike Davis is thinking, oh, I bet they wish they had me now. So I absolutely think that's there. Um, And I'm also not surprised the Bears are underdogs. Teddy Bridgewater's been playing very well. Who would you rather have, Bridgewater or Foles? Absolutely Bridgewater. Bridgewater or Trubisky, absolutely Bridgewater. And I think they've had a running game. The Bears haven't had a running game. I think, obviously, the Bears' defense is better. But when it's all said and done, I think the Panthers are a slightly better team just based on the offense. So I think one and a half, wow. is, I think one and a half wow. is absolutely a correct line there. I, I think, especially when uh, you're on a oh. three-game win streak like that. Jake when you're coming out hot today. 
Well, I just think it's I think that's how it goes. I I, I don't want us to prop this Bears team up further than they should be. We talked about in the bonus episode They're for me, they're in that. 13, 14, 15 range. I, they're barely above the top half of the league in my eyes. Uh, and I said on the bonus episode that if they can get a convincing win this week, I'll put them in the top 10. I'll be happy to. I want to. But the Panthers are a good team. You can't sniff. You can't just turn your nose up at that. And Mike Davis has been great. Teddy Bridgewater has been great. Robbie Anderson's been great. So you got to see if the if your offense can keep pace with them. You got to see Nick Foles step up to the challenge and say, okay, here we go. Let's do. You got to see the offensive line say, we got to bring together. We're having a lesser defense. I mean, we talked about it again on the bonus episode. You played two of the top two defenses in the last two weeks. Now you have a lesser defense. You got to take advantage. You got to get at least. 70 75 yards from David Montgomery in this game so that you can pass the ball a little bit and keep pace with an offense that's been playing pretty well well I mean let me be honest with you like going into this game there's nothing I don't think that truly scares you about the Carolina Panthers like truly scares you like you're 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 there Saturday night like nervous thinking about something like against Tampa Bay we're all a little bit nervous thinking about that offense uh thinking about that defensive front uh against Atlanta probably a little nervous thinking about Julio and Calvin Ridley um you know there's nothing about the Carolina Panthers that's going to keep me awake on Saturday night but there's a lot about the Bears that keep Panthers fans awake on Saturday night. I mean, Khalil Mack off the edge, the defense, um, obviously nothing on the offensive side of the ball. But, you know, there is an aspect to the Bears that is very scary. And I said in the bonus episode, that's the reason why I think they're a top 10 football team and actually one of the scarier teams in the league. And I'll stand by that because they're the complete contrast to the rest of the NFL. So I don't I mean, I'm, I'll prop the Bears up all I want. I mean, I, I do. I truly do think they're a top 10 team. And, you know, you're right about the fact that what I said, you know, what I said earlier was the Panthers. They're just a simply, they're a well put together team, right? I mean, they're, you know, I would like 14th in the league. I would say uh, if I want to put them in a power ranking, they're just, you know, nothing scares you. They're just an average, you know, put together team um, who are just, you know, have found ways to win the past few games. I mean, that's really all there is to say about it. But as far as them being a better team than the Bears, I, I cannot agree with that. I mean, I simply can't. I was a little bit surprised. I mean, I was a lot of bit surprised they were underdogs. I mean, the fact that the Bears still have to come here and prove their worth against the Carolina Panthers after being 4-1, and getting a statement win already, um, it, it's just baffling to me. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, that one and a half, it's not a lot, so it's not huge disrespect. But I still was thinking... You know, I, I'm still, yeah, four and one, you're a better record. And, you know, they, the Panthers haven't done anything special, special to me uh, to prove themselves a better team than the Bears. But that's just me. Yeah. Um, you know, Jake, I completely agree with your point about uh, the Bears not, you know, being around that 13, 14, 15 range. I, I'm, I'm 100% with you there. Um, with that being said, I kind of do agree with Kevin at the same time. Because, I mean, look, the Bears are four and one. Okay, coming off a win against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, like I, I just feel like it's just it's almost unfair, like how the, how the Bears are being treated, in my opinion. Um, like I, I get it, but four and one, in my opinion, is four and one. Um, and you know, I, I do agree. I also do agree with Kevin on the point that you know the Panthers. There, there's not too much that you're like, oh man, like this is not good. Like they have this guy, this guy, this guy, but. You know, they, they're moving the ball. They look good. Um, you know, they, they look like a very well-coached team. Um, and, and, you know, if you make mistakes, that's the type of team that can burn you. So um, this goes back to this whole preparation thing. I, I think that's going to be the biggest key in this game because on paper, I do think the Bears are a better team than the Panthers. Um, you look at the roster from top to bottom, and, and I don't think, you know, I think it's hard to disagree with that. But um, 
you know, it, it's they have a three-headed monster with Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore, and Robbie Anderson, and then Mike Davis running the ball really well. So uh, this offense is going to be is, is going to be tough. It's going to be tough for sure. Let me offer you this counterpoint then. Who on the Indianapolis Colts kept you awake at night? Darius well, Leonard was they're, Darius they're Leonard defense. was out. Leonard, but I mean, yeah, but well, da- well, Darius Leonard got hurt in game though. No. Their defense in general. I mean, their defense yeah, in general. Like, like it doesn't have to be a specific player, but just like an aspect of the team that scares you. Like, you know, no, I mean, nothing. Uh, like, you, I'm not gonna say anything. The Lions really scared me. But you look at a lot of the other teams. I mean, I, and I'm not saying every team has an aspect of their team that is, you know, truly scary. But the Panthers, like I've said numerous times, are just, you know, they're man. You know, you know, okay. You know, they're finding ways to win, but You can't say they're scary. a well-put-together team and then say they're men. Sure I can. You sure I can. You can't say that because that's the thing. Because that, I don't, I mean, uh, look, do you think they're special? Do you think they're a special team? team? Top to bottom, and the Bears are not. The Bears are flawed. You could say the Panthers are well-put-together. They're well-coached. The Bears have uh, more flaws than them then. So in that in that situation that you're presenting that, okay, they're a well-put-together team. They're exceptionally average, but they are well-put-together. They all phases of the game above average are pretty well. And the bears at times do not do that. They, uh, their offense is below let average. Me be honest, dude. average. I, I would rather, I, I, you know, I don't know why I have, I mean, it's just the reality. Like I said, this is the reality of being a bears fan. We're used to, you know, having a phenomenal defense. I would rather have, you know, a phenomenal part of the team. And then, you know, something below average on the other side of the ball versus, you know, not special on either side, because that's not going to, that ultimately is not going to get you anywhere. Like it it could maybe, but if you want to, you know, have, you know, major success down the road, you're going to need to rely on one side of the ball to, to make a play down the stretch. The bears have proven week after week that their defense is going to make a play in the fourth quarter when you need it. Their defense is going to make a play uh, and get you a three and out whenever you need it. It's going to happen. And they're going to get after the quarterback. They're going to get takeaways. I mean, that that's just what they do. But, you know, I don't know if that's the wrong way to think, but I would rather have an as- a side of the ball that's a little bit more special and maybe less average on the other side than just be, you know, average straight across the board. I don't know if that's the wrong way to think, but as a Bears fan, that's the way I look at it. No, no, I, I agree with that. I, I Here's my thing with the whole well-coached thing, Jake. Like, I think the Bears have more talent than Carolina, but I... 100% think Carolina is a better coach team and you know as far as like this is like a talent versus a coached up thing um, and you know it, it, if the Bears are playing well if the Bears are playing at their peak and the Panthers are playing at their peak I'll take the Bears any day um, I don't think that's really being biased either I mean you look at the weapons we have I mean Allen Robinson I, I think is better than anybody on the on the Panthers offense by far um, and then you have guys like Jimmy Graham. I mean, he's making plays now. Um, we, the only thing that worries me is, is the is the run game, man. The run game has to get it going. Um, I, I think that that's like the the key. Uh, that, that's the part of the Bears that I'm going to be focusing on for the rest of the year. Because um, if they can't pick up the run this year, I, I think I mean big changes have to come because you can't go into every week not being able to run the ball. And I just want to be clear here. I obviously want the Bears to win. And I, I just don't want us walking into the into Carolina and saying, okay, this is a win. This is a team that we 
that we're going to beat like right away oh, because no. you're no, not in the position the as case, the Chicago man. Bears to be over or underestimating any team. And that's what scares yeah. me about the Panthers is because they are so well coached and that they are so put together that if the offense stalls out, if we see the offense that we saw in Atlanta or in Indianapolis or hell, even the beginning of the Buccaneers game, you know, Carolina's offense is so well put together that they can get ahead of you. And even if your defense then locks it down, if your offense isn't playing well enough, then you get down early. You might not be able to have that comeback. Like we saw against the Colts, it might be too little too late. So that's what scares me about the Panthers. And like Chris said, the, the talent versus the coaching, you know, that nature versus nurture type of thing. Uh, but again, like I think Kevin brought up, if the bears are at their peak or Chris, you brought up, if the bears are at their peak, yeah, you, you should win this game. No problem. But that's just not the reality of the Chicago bears this year. Yep. So you have to hope you come out and play a full game. Um, and, and that's the nice thing because you've had a long week to prepare for them. They're a lesser defense than what you've seen in the last two weeks. So I think it'll be easier for the run game. I think it'll be easier for Foles. And after last week's uh, situation on the sideline where Foles was saying, give me control, let me do the hurry up, let me run it how I want to run it when we're in a groove like this, I think we will see more of that, especially if the Bears are moving and things are clicking. I think you're going to see Foles be able to take the reins and Nagy not call a weird timeout or waste time off the clock to get substitutions in. I think he's going to let Foles kind of captain the ship, uh, especially if they're moving downfield, like I said. So... I, I think this is definitely a winnable game, but you have to set the tone early. You guys kind of noticed last week how many points were left on the board. I feel like that was something that wasn't really talked about enough. The Darnell Mooney play, seven points left off the board. You get that first down at Allen Robinson. They probably turn that into a field goal. That's three points. That's already 10 points right there off of two single plays. So it's going to come down to execution. Um, and like you said, they, you know, the Bears have not been good after a bye in the past. And I know this isn't a bye. It's just an extended break. It's a mini bye, as people like to say. Um, so it will be a test to see how the Bears do on this longer week of rest. Because in the past, when they've had a lot of rest, they haven't been very good. Um, and, you know, what I will say, as I say every week, is come out and please score points in the fourth, first quarter. Please. I mean, you know, I, I think the Bears, hopefully they win the, the coin toss, defer, give the Panthers the ball, let your defense make a stop, you know, take a little time to get the jitters of the, you know, whatever it is, the, you know, the opening kickoff, get it out of there, and then go out there and score some points in the first quarter. Because, I mean, it doesn't matter who you're playing at this point. I don't care if you're playing the best defense in the league. I don't care if you're playing the worst defense and average defense. I don't care who you're playing. Like, you need to score points in the first quarter or else I'm going to have a heart attack every time it comes down to the fourth quarter because in every single game this year, my anxiety is getting the best of me and I'm chewing my fingernails off because the Bears are making it scary every single game. So score early, score often. And, I mean, how many times do we have to say the defense and the offense feed off each other? I mean, we don't even know the capability of the defense this year if the offense gets off to a really hot – I mean, we kind of do because we saw it against uh, the Giants, right? And, and when the offense got off to that hot start, you saw the defense feed off of that. Robert Quinn, first play and fumble. I mean, you know, we don't even – like the defense is so good right now, and we don't even know their true potential because the offense is holding them back. So you want to know how good the Bears' defense is, and you want to find that out on Sunday? Well, you better hope the offense comes out firing in the first quarter and they're able to feed off that and if that happens this, this this could be a blowout if that happens now I don't know if that will it probably won't but if the Bears get off to an early lead and Matt Nagy learns to not take his foot off the gas pedal you, you would you will see a large margin of victory for this team but you know that's the key getting off to an early lead I mean that that that's the recipe of success yeah I mean I, I'm I think that's 100% the truth you know we talk about it every week like it's just 
it's one of those storylines that just won't go away week in, week out. Like, we're going to be talking about if the Bears offense is going to be stalling, uh, if the Bears offense is going to be struggling. Like, it's it's just – I'm kind of, like, tired of, of just having the same conversation every freaking week. Like, like just wondering if the offense is going to, you know, finally get it together for full full game, you know? Um, like, I feel like the consistency or, or inconsistency, I should say, like, like – travels quarter to quarter rather than even game to game and it's like that's how bad it's been um so yeah i'm just just looking for some damn consistency man i, I think um you know if, if you're able to run the ball i think everything else will be able to come I, I truly do believe that um but you know with with james daniels out it's going to be interesting to see what they try to do to to make it work because i mean it's, that's a pretty big loss uh, along, along the offensive line so um, run the ball, everything else will, will happen, and the offense will look better. Right. I mean, the thing is we have to keep having this conversation because the Bears haven't proved to, proven to us that the conversation needs to go away. So that, And unfortunately, oh, that's been the case for over a year now. Um, we thought after the Giants and Lions games that maybe uh, we'd be turning a corner, but here we are. So, uh, yeah, I mean, again, like I said, you're facing a, a lesser defense than you would face in the last two weeks. So you should be in a position here where you can run the ball. Um, and I'm not going to make a prediction on that because Kevin has some over-unders that we're going to get to in a second. But uh, any final thoughts before we get to that on this Panthers game? Anything else you guys want to make a note of? Uh, I will say, you know, you don't have to what, what you don't have to be worried about on the offensive side of the ball, uh, unlike the past two opponents the Bears have played, is that Carolina is 31st in sacks per game. So you don't have to worry about a lot of pressure on Nick Foles. And that's obviously a great sign because, you know, give Nick Foles the time uh, to read things. Let him take a few deep shots and you'll have success. Once that pocket gets flustered, I mean, Nick Foles can get out there as we saw a little bit. But I mean, he, he's no Mitch Trubisky. He's no, you know, mobile quarterback who can extend plays with his legs when the pocket collapses too well. So Carolina 31st in sacks per game. I mean, that that's a favorable statistic, not only because Nick Foles is a pocket passer, but because you're already dealing with a little bit of an injured offensive line. And they don't know whether it's Rashad Coward or Alex Bars yet, um, who's going to be, I would assume it's going to be Bars, you know, give him a shot. But uh, you don't have to be worried about that. So I do think that is a, no, a notable stat because the past two opponents, like we said, have been wreaking havoc on the offensive line. Very good defensive fronts the past two weeks. So this could be kind of a, a change of pace here for the offensive line. Maybe a chance for them to kind of catch up, um, get back under their feet, kind of figure things out and get back to the form that they were in for those first three weeks. Yep. Yep. I'm with you there. All right, so that being said, let's get to uh, the segment that Kevin has prepared for us. Uh, what are we doing first, Kev? Overs-unders or bold predictions? We'll do over-unders first, and then we'll get into bold predictions. Uh, nice. I've got two of them, so we'll kick off with those. Um, the first one is going to be about the defense Defense right now uh, actually has a negative 0.2 turnover margin per game. So they're actually negative in that category, which I'm sure would surprise a lot of people, right? I mean, you you know, they haven't really been getting that many turnovers, but still, I mean, the defense has been playing well. You, you wouldn't really expect them to be under in the turnover margin. But my over-under, the first one is Bears defense one and a half turnovers on Sunday against Teddy Bridgewater on that offense. Dude, that was my exact. I literally had that exact. That number. exact number. Exact That's number. Incredible. Everything. That's incredible. Oh man, you're man. Sorry. All right, but... listen. Next time, next time, guys, I'm going first so I can take. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I. I'll go. I'll go over. I'll go over. I think. Um, gut feeling. I, I just have a feeling this defense is gonna absolutely come alive. Um, on Sunday, I, I don't know why. 
Um, I, I just think, you know, that win after uh, that win on Thursday, beating Tampa Bay, I think just is going to rejuvenate this team. Um, and, and, you know, I, I, it's tough. It's tough. Um, but I'll go over. I'll go over. I think I think Teddy Bridgewater will throw two interceptions. I'm going to go over as well, um, just because I think I mean, I've been saying it every week. Eventually, Eddie Jackson's going to get one. <laughs> And hey, you remember I, the last time you played Carolina, don't you? Right. It's, oh, uh, yeah. Eventually, he's going to get one, I think. Uh, and I think eventually, you know, Khalil Mack, he really played well against Tampa Bay. I think he gets a strip sack at some point uh, because he's just – I think he's about to come alive too. So I'm going to go over as well because it's bound to happen. This defense is too talented not to get a, more, a multiple turnover game uh, in the near future. Yeah. I think we're all waiting on that touchdown. I mean, we are all just, you know, <laughs> foaming at the mouth for that yeah. one touchdown. Um, and, and that's obviously the storyline the whole week is, well, Eddie Jackson, the last time we played Carolina, two touchdowns in his rookie season, unbelievable performance. That was the, you know, the moment that everybody kind of knew the guy was special. Um, so maybe, you know, he's still got that in the back of his mind that this is the opponent where he kind of, you know, made his name uh, as a player. I mean, really, that that's, that's where he kind of, you know, you know, built his brand as, you know, I'm a guy who's going to get after the ball no matter where it is, and I'm going to score a touchdown with it. I'm not just going to come down with it. I'm going to score a touchdown with it. So um, hopefully that's on his mind this week. He gets one. I'll go over on that as well. Next one I have, Bears rushing yards, obviously a very important number. They've been under 50 the past two weeks. Uh, I'm going with a higher number here, but I, I do think it's possible. Teams have rushed well against uh, the Carolina Panthers, and actually they're 29th in rushing TDs allowed per game. So if you're a David Montgomery fantasy owner, um, hopefully you're expecting a TD there. You know, if you remember, Josh Jacobs had three touchdowns against the Panthers week one. But the over-under is Bears rushing yards 125 as a team. It's a big big number, but not not out of the question. uh, By the way, Carolina's allowing 133 rushing yards per game, good for 25th in the league. Um, I'll go under. I'll go under just because I think that number is a little bit too high. Um, but that doesn't mean I don't think the run game could be successful um, because I definitely do. Uh, it's just that number just seems slightly too high for me. So I'll go under. I'm going to go under as well for the same reason as Chris. And just because without Mitch in there, you do lose another runner. Uh, Foles isn't running for as much as Mitch is. So uh, you're really just relying on uh, Montgomery and hopefully at that point, or, well, not this week, actually, but uh, you don't have Lamar Miller yet either. So you're really just relying on Montgomery and Cordero Patterson. So I'm going to go under, but I, I do think they get over 90. I think they get close. I, I think they get close to or over 100. You're not going to talk that. about our boy? You're not going to talk about our boy who's who's going to burst onto the scene this week? It's not happening, you're not- dude. You're not Artavis bring his Pierce is not happening. You can't make this, Artavis this, Pierce happen. This is the Artavis Pierce game. And actually, I, this is relevant, and I want to talk about this, because I know we've talked about this the past few days, and it's about Le'Veon Bell, right? And we had our group chat, and you know, we and Chris and I were kind of an advocate for Le'Veon Bell, and Jake was like, nah, like it's not really necessary. And now like I've completely talked myself out of it. I mean, I don't know what headspace I was in, because literally what I was talking about the whole past week, what you've noticed this year in the NFL, hell, look at the opponent the Bears are playing playing on Sunday, plug in an undrafted rookie. It really doesn't matter. The Panthers are 3-0 with Mike Davis. They're 3-0 without Christian McCaffrey. I mean, you can really, really start questioning the value of running backs in this league. When you're in a situation like that, Carolina had no choice to pay Christian McCaffrey. I'm not saying they shouldn't have done that. But, 
you know, it, it's 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 just fascinating to look at the Jaguars and look at James Robinson, an undrafted rookie, running all over the place when they look like the stupidest team in the NFL to release Leonard Fournette. And, you know, all these different teams who are plugging in, fifth rounders and undrafted rookies and all these guys all over the place. And Alexander Madison all of a sudden running for 100-plus yards when they have Dalvin Cook in Minnesota. Like, all these things, man. And I really because well, Dalvin Cook was hurt, dude. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I know, but that's what I'm saying. Like, another guy comes in and rushes for just as many yards. I mean, it, it's just – look, man, running backs are – you know, as much as you would love to spend a first round pick on one, as much as you would love to pay one and have one of the better running backs in the league, I mean, it's really just not worth it at this point. So I'm not I'm not going to sit here and say Artavis Pierce can't be effective. Now, the question is whether he'll actually get opportunities on the field. He's on the 53-man roster. We don't know if he'll get snaps. But, I mean, time and time again, we're seeing this happen, and, and more often than not. And, and you guys can look up, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, look up the articles, man. I, I think 538 just put a, this, an article about this exact exact topic, you know, really diving into the, you know, uh, the value of running backs and, you know, the, the true value of drafting a running back in the first three rounds um, or, or picking on paying one a lot in free agency. So in that is as it pertains to Le'Veon Bell. You know, I, I'm at the point where I'm content. You know, I would love to see Ryan Pace be aggressive. And in other situations, yes. But considering this, I, I'm not as upset about it anymore. And I truly do think a guy like Artavis Pierce, given the opportunity, can, can be effective. And I don't think I'm crazy for saying that. Man, I, dude, I, I disagree completely, man. I, I disagree what? completely. Look, the, your the point, statistics your, are there, man. Your, your point about the about running backs not being as valuable that that part's hundred percent true. I agree with that. However, um, look at the team that signed Le'Veon Bell, man. I mean, this is a team that that doesn't need Le'Veon Bell, and they just got him because they're a team trying to win. They have Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, Ceh, a guy that they drafted right. literally a couple months ago. Um, I mean, there's weapons all over the place. And Le'Veon Bell is so much more than a running back, in my opinion. He's basically another receiver. Um, and and I think he would have helped the Bears tremendously. Um, I, I get your point, but I, I just, man, I think he would have been great to have. Um, your, your argument, I agree with your running back argument, but I don't agree that uh, the Bears are, are fine without Le'Veon Bell. I, I, because Le'Veon Bell specifically, not necessarily a running back if you get what i'm trying to say yeah i know what you mean i think as in regard to the chiefs though like the thing that's weird to me about that is you know damian williams if he was healthy would step in there and do just as much as clyde edwards hilaire just as much as Le'Veon bell like they don't you know, in that type of offense, I said this to you, in that type of offense, they don't need a guy like Le'Veon Bell to be able to run effectively. Like, you plug in anybody in that offense and, and they'll run well. I mean, that's just the nature of the Kansas City Chiefs offense right now. I mean, Damian Williams, I believe, was undrafted. Am I right? Uh, was he? I, believe, I, 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 yeah. I assume he. I believe because he was. I mean, come on. The Super was, Bowl last year with yeah. him and Moster. Um, on. I mean, that's exactly like Raheem Mostert. I mean, Raheem Mostert is one of the best rushers in the league right now, undrafted. Like for them, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. Now, the, the, the I will agree to the point that, you know, the cap hit for Le'Veon Bell since he was released, like it wasn't that big of a number to turn the Bears down. But, you know, maybe Lamar Miller comes in and does something. Maybe Artavius Pierce comes in and does something and maybe would have done just as much as what Le'Veon Bell would have done. I mean, I don't know, but I just do. I, I mean, Big picture, big picture. You'd want to see Ryan Pace more aggressive when with these types of situations. And I actually really do hope he's aggressive at the trade deadline as that creeps up closer. And we'll talk about that later on. But um, Jake, I want to know your kind of thoughts about this because you were always on the side that they shouldn't have gone after Le'Veon Bell. 
Yeah, I mean, and I first of all, thank you for the validation of coming to my side on this. Um, I, mean, I just think uh, my argument was always, yeah, of course, you always want to add more talent. Obviously, have, the more talent you have, the better. My thing was always just the locker room and the culture that uh, I, I just don't, didn't think and I still don't think the Bears are or were in a position to bring in Le'Veon Bell because you already have so much going on in that locker room from the quarterback battle to the offensive line struggles to is the coach actually good at his job that I just think you had too many moving parts in that locker room that you had Le'Veon Bell in there. And then if you continue to fail still, then you just add another thing to that. And then the seat gets warmer, even though you're four and one, and then you start to feel a little more and then you start pressing and then you start playing bad because you're trying to do too much because now you're saying, okay, we have Le'Veon Bell. We got to turn it up now. We got to do this and that. And we've seen Nagy try to get too cute before without players like Le'Veon Bell. So I just think that from where the bears were at, at this point in time, it didn't really make sense to me as a casual slash semi-professional observer i guess i don't know i have a degree hanging on the wall but that doesn't mean crap um so yeah i mean like it it just didn't make sense to me and sure we could talk about alternate timelines i could be wrong in some other world but uh just to me i'm perfectly fine with the decision to not pursue Le'Veon bell and also because this is just who the bears are the bears don't make these big moves these big splashes they happen few and far between jay cutler Brandon Marshall, Khalil Mack, those are the only ones in our lifetime, you know? So it's just not one of those things. Obviously, the NFL has changed from those days, but it's just not who the Bears are. It's not how they operate. And like I said, they have enough issues to worry about with adding, without adding Le'Veon Bell and that extra drama. Not saying that Le'Veon Bell is the problem, but just saying the extra drama in general, because there would be drama, whether it be from the media or the locker room or Bell himself. It's just not worth it. That's a fair point, I think. It, it is. It is. I, I just that like just the point about, you know, there's a lot going on with the Bears already. Like, I feel like that's such a terrible argument to not sign someone like you're going to pass off. Whatever. Huh? Fine. Whatever. It's cool. If you hate me, get it. <laughs> no, no, but but in, but in all seriousness, like, I, I just don't think like that's a fair like a guy like Le'Veon Bell becomes available. And then like that argument is just not good enough for me, man. Like, I, I I get your point. Like, I feel like your points are very, very valid. Like, both you guys. I just, I guess, I guess we just all see it a different way. Just, just see the situation a different way. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. I'll take one for two. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I guess. But you didn't flip me fully because of your reasoning. No, you I'll take me. it. I'll, 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 I'll give I'll it to you. It. All right, you, it. you need the validation, so it's all <laughs> yours, my guy. All right. <laughs> All right, who's who's who's, yeah, jeez, who's got some more over unders? (laughs) I got one. All right, let's do it. Okay, so he hasn't done much lately. You guys know who I'm about to bring up. Anthony Miller over under 49 and a half yards. 49 and a half. Yep. Um, under. I'm sorry. I I hit it. Uh, I don't have any. I don't have any trust in him going over, and it's so bad that I don't have any trust in him going over. But I'm, dude, like. I don't want to say this. I really don't. But I'm like, I, I'm kind of checked out on Anthony Miller, man. I mean, I, I really am. Yeah. And it's like, and the, the reason why I'm going to look silly is he's probably going to put up 150 yards and three touchdowns this week in the fourth quarter. Uh, you know, and then I'm going to be looking like an idiot. And then the next week he's going to do zero yards, zero receptions. Uh, and then I'm gonna be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'm going to look like an idiot again. I mean, this is just what Anthony Miller does. But 
Um, yeah, I, uh, I'm going to go under on this. I'm also going to go under for the fact that he's the fourth receiving option on this team now. He's behind Allen Robinson. He's behind Darnell Mooney. He's behind Jimmy Graham. Hell, he's yeah. even behind David Montgomery. You can make the case that he's number five on the pecking order now. Uh, he's going to get traded here, here first. And you add, and why would you get traded? His value's never been lower. At least see if he yeah. can go berserk for a couple weeks like he did last year. Um, but, and now you add in the fact that, and of course, from this coaching staff words are wind but you know they're saying they want Cole Komet to get more involved so there's a chance that Anthony Miller falls even farther down the totem pole here I'm gonna go under I'll be happy if he has three catches for 15 yards man wow okay that that is that is crazy you'll be happy with that no it's gotten to the point uh Kevin you brought up um you said you're gonna feel stupid because he's gonna have 150 yards and three touchdowns like (laughs) I'm not even gonna lie to you guys like it's gotten to the point where I wouldn't even be able to celebrate that because it's like he's just going to come back and have two catches for like eight yards the next game. So it doesn't really even matter. Like it, it, I, I'm also almost checked out with Anthony Miller. I just thought I'd bring this one up because we haven't really talked about him all that much. Um, who would have heard? Who would have thought? Chris Nano's yeah. checked out on Anthony Miller. You, you wouldn't have predicted that at the beginning of the season. Man, it, it's just like... I don't you blame put, you. I don't. You put all your hopes like... It, like it's so frustrating because I, I know we always talk about it but like man that talent is right there it's so obvious it's so evident but it, I don't know what it is I, I can't pinpoint exactly what it is but he just can't put it all together and and that's the bottom line that's why like these these performances once every three games that look amazing and everyone you know is back on the Anthony Miller train like just for him to ruin that the next game or two it's just it, it's silly it's it's really silly at this point I think a guy like him just, you know, needs a change of scenery maybe. I mean, not that, you know, sometimes he, he clearly was unhappy with Mitch Trubisky. I don't know what's the deal with Nick Foles now that he's in there. But he's not making plays himself, so he can't just limit on the quarterback. But I just feel like something, like, he doesn't, do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, I think I, I feel Foles like trusts him. Because, I, I mean, no, otherwise I, I, you wouldn't I have, you wouldn't have had that oh, play in Atlanta if he didn't I, trust him. I, I, yeah. Foles wants to get him involved. But just in general, man, I, I, I just feel like, I just feel like he could use a change of scenery. Maybe this isn't the right place for him. I don't know if I'm wrong to say that, but it just feels that way. I don't know. It's just that thing I have that, you know, maybe he'd be better served at a different location. And I don't think there's nothing yeah. wrong with admitting that. It's not a bad thing. I, I still think Anthony Miller is a talented player. They're just, you know, the team hasn't been able to get the best out of him. And maybe another guy can. I mean, that that that's as, yeah. as simple as it could be. Yeah, yeah I, I was I, really, totally I, I was honestly, I was honestly just going to say, like, I would put so much, if, if, and when Anthony Miller leaves the Bears, like I will put any money that he's gonna turn into a different player wherever he ends up. Someone's gonna be able to get the best out of Anthony Miller. I have no doubt in my mind about that. Um, yeah, I, I, I just think maybe the change of scenery. I think you're right, Kevin. I think that could be something to to monitor because I, you know, the talents there. And we we talk about Matt Nagy and like the player development thing. And you know, I'm not. I don't want to put all the blame on Nagy because it's definitely not on him. But uh, at least not completely, but um, you know, it is that's something to to pay attention to. So that's a good point. I will say it's still early. Anthony Miller still has what 11, 12 weeks to prove yeah. that he is yeah. the player that Fair we think enough. he is. So um, I I, I will to prove the player he thinks he is. I mean, come on. And like, then we got six weeks of it last year. So I mean, I, I'm still willing. Got, I, I mean, you're not going to trade him this year because, like I said, no, it's I think never been well. I think I, he will. Well, Le'Veon Bell's value has never been lower. 
And I guess they tried yeah. to trade him. Yeah, but, <laughs> but the thing is, like, it's the Jets. Everyone knew the Jets would make the wrong call. And then, you know, but, like, but, but also the Jets were paying him an exorbitant amount of money. You know, Anthony Miller's still on his rookie contract. You can afford to hang on to him. You don't need, to, you know, there's no reason to cut him out, right? Um, especially when he's a second round pick. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's whatever. But I, I have an over under as well. I want to uh, stick with the wide receivers. Uh, Darnell Mooney over under 0.5 receptions for 30 plus yards. Oh, that's a good one. That's that a, good a good one. one. Yeah. I'm uh, over. Over? Yeah, I'm over. Think about it. He should have go- had one last week. Yeah, I'm going over as well. It's true. It's clear Foles likes him. It, it's clear he can get open. I think he should have had one last week. I think they're going to try it again this week at least yeah. once. Yeah, I'll go over. I think just just off opportunity alone, I, I think he'll he'll get one. You guys want to know what's funny to me is when Nick Foles came in, everybody's like, oh, my God, we have a quarterback in front of the deep ball. Let's go. Like, oh, my, we're going to finally start seeing these deep shots. Holy crap. And Nick Foles checks down every time, and his average intended air yards is at, like, 5.3. And this is what I said back before the season. Like, you're getting the higher floor, like Jake has always mentioned. But, you know, we, we – I. We still got to see the deep shots, man. We got to see them. And, and and the great thing now, as it pertains to this question, is that Ant- uh, not Anthony Miller, Darnell Mooney is going to be there, man. He's going to get open. I mean, this guy's route running is clean as hell. I mean, you saw it against Tampa Bay. He's he's you know he goes down the field. You give the offensive line a little bit of time. I want Nick Foles to take those shots, take those chances, give Darnell Mooney a chance down the field, man. And hopefully this time just complete it. But I think that's an over because like, like Chris just said, the opportunity will be there. The opportunity will for sure be there. It's just a matter of whether Nick Foles throws it and makes a good throw. Agreed. And I think that's part of the reason why we weren't, we haven't seen the deep ball yet is because Tampa Bay and Indianapolis both have those good defenses where Foles was under pressure and didn't have a lot of time. But, yeah, I think we see it. Like we said earlier, uh, Carolina's not as good as either of your last two opponents. So I think he'll and, have time to and, do the deep ball. And I uh, just want to throw this in there. Um, two corners for uh, the Panthers are questionable, Dante Jackson and Eli Apple. So that is something to monitor. Um, for this I, I don't, I'd almost rather have Eli Apple in there. <laughs> oh, oh, my <laughs> God. He, he, man, he's one of the weirdest players. Like, he'll, he'll make the plays one game and then just – You'd get absolutely toasted the next. It's like I, I don't know what to get. <laughs> That's what I'm I'd almost rather have him in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, um, we we, we got to look at how he's played the last few weeks. If he was um, bad last week, I don't want him to play this. You, you, I Apple did not deserve that. That was so mean. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, but the tape it, speaks uh, for itself. The tape speaks for itself. But uh, okay, should we do our bold predictions to wrap it up? Yep. Do it. All right. All right. Uh, um, yeah, Kevin, you start. Who wants to go first? I'll go Are you first. sure you want me to go first? All right, let's have Chris go first so all no right, one takes wait, it. Wait. This one's a banger, all right? So should I go first right. or wait till last? No, nah, I'll go first. Let's go. Start us off with the bang. Come on. Okay, all right, all right. Cole Kmet catches his first touchdown pass. Uh, I'll it. take that. Let's do it. I don't – really? I mean, I mean I, I'm all – That, that would require him to be on the field at least one time. I think – I. this is what I think – this is how I think it's going to go down. The Bears are going to get into the red zone. Um, they're going to call him in. It might even be a goal line type thing, but um, I think the Bears are going to be right there. And it's going to be it's not going to be anything crazy, but like a three, four yard touchdown pass to Cole Kmet. All right. I'm, you guys, I, I'm wondering what the prop on that is. It's probably like plus thirty five hundred Cole Kmet. Oh, anytime yeah. touchdown score. Is I mean, there, it, is there even a prop for that? Oh, there, yeah. Oh, maybe not. I mean, I'll, honestly, I'll look right now. <laughs> 
kind of look because Chris is going to tell anybody listening to this episode that you got to bet your whole life's mortgage on. If it happens, I'm taking a victory lap. I well, how? I mean, if hey, I mean, like, I don't. I mean, I think it's possible, but that would require him to be targeted one time. He's yeah. been targeted like three times this year. He's yeah. one reception. I mean, and, and this is the funny thing, man. I mean, what did we talk about last week? I mean, what did Jake say earlier on this podcast? At this point, anything that comes out of Matt Nagy's mouth is just a win. I mean, a, a week ago he said, "Oh yeah, Cole Komet. Well, uh, we know what we had. You know, we know we got to get him back. It's like the running game last year, right? Yeah. Um, oh, we know we need to rush you a little bit more. Uh, you, you know what I'm saying? And then you come out next week and you rush for less times than you did the week before. Like, I'm so sick. <laughs> I'm so okay. sick. Of I got it. What is it? All right, Cole Komet. To first first or last touchdown score is plus ten thousand. So you, <laughs> you bet a hundred dollars, you would win ten thousand uh, dollars. Any time touchdown score is plus twenty two hundred. Twenty two hundred. That's that's higher actually kind of low. That what? that is the same yeah, as like, Artavis yeah. Pierce for the well, record. Yeah. Well, that's okay. Well, that's a perfect lead because y'all know my bold prediction, baby. Artavis Pierce scores a touchdown. Give me all of it. I'm telling you, uh, Carolina. Uh, where's the stat? 29th in rushing TDs allowed per game. They're going to say, you know what, Artavis? They're going to be at like the seven-yard line. I'm giving you all the details like Chris did. We're going to be at the seven-yard line. Uh, Dave Montgomery's a little tired. It's a it's a super long drive, like a 10-minute drive. They say, Artavis, this is your time. Uh, and, and this is the Artavis Pierce breakout game. I truly do believe that Artavis Pierce bursts onto the scene, scores a touchdown. Plus, 22, uh, plus uh, 2,200, you said, right? Uh, for any time, yes. Anytime, all right. Put your more. I'm, I'm up. You know, I'm, I'm now. That I'm thinking about. It, I might put five dollars on that. What, what would be the payout if I put five on it? Uh, it would be at like, plus twenty two hundred. Like a hundred, or it'd be like a, it'd be a hundred and ten dollars. Woohoo! Five dollars to win a hundred and ten. Hey, I mean, and, and that's the same for Komet. So we're, we're giving you guys the underdog picks here, man. We're giving you guys, uh, uh, you know, low risk, high reward type stuff here. A long, a long 10-minute grueling drive capped off by Artavis Pierce for a Colt Met touchdown, man. What a time to be alive. Time to be. Who would have ever thought? <laughs> uh, Jake, we, we kind of led you on. We led it up here. You got to have something big here, too. I mean, I'm going to keep going with what uh, what I've been saying. I think Cordero Patterson takes one in from on the kickoff. I think it's it's bound to happen. I mean, he's he's been close to breaking a couple long yeah. ones off you could see it he's there are the uh, the opportunities there so i think he i'm gonna say it. i'm gonna keep hammering home because eventually i'm gonna be right uh that cordell patterson runs one in on the kickoff yeah so i can't wait for are, that. Are, are you on your sportsbook app right now i am so what i want you to do is calculate how much money you would win if you put five dollars on a parlay of Artavis Pierce scoring a touchdown, Cole Komet scoring a touchdown, and Cordell Patterson scoring a touchdown. I don't I think it's just any time touchdown score because I don't think you can specify that it's a special teams touchdown. But if you put all those three together in a parlay and you bet five dollars on it, you'd probably win over a thousand dollars, right? I mean there, there, it's gotta be. It's gotta be in a parlay, right? Yeah. I mean, well, so- I mean so, so the thing with this, so, so with a parlay like that, um, it doesn't let you because oh, yeah. the payout would just be too enormous. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it literally, like literally, sports books won't let you do that because the payout would be too, too huge. Yeah. Okay. Mine, that's how you mine doesn't either. Mine doesn't allow it either. Like it doesn't even give you odds on it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. 
could you imagine if that happens? We we need to retire the podcast forever. I mean, we if this happens, our Tavis Pierce, Colgan, and Cordell Patterson score a touchdown. You you will never hear from us ever, or you will hear about us, and we'll you know well, go ballistic. I think we got to end the podcast and just have that be like the last things we've ever said. over. <laughs> <laughs> well, real quick predictions. Then we're out of here. Let's go real quick scores. All right, I'll go. Um, give me Bears twenty four seventeen. Oh, you stole mine. Uh, I do think they win this game. I think Carolina, even though they're hot, I think that the Bears are the defense is better. I'm gonna say Bears twenty three to seventeen. All right, I just want to you know throw it out here real quick. Uh, Kevin does. Uh, the podcast in predictions. Oh, uh, shut up. You know, but I'm going to go 27-16 Bears. Uh, I think the Panthers kick nine field goals or nine field goals, three field wild. goals for nine points. Hey, you never know. Who's, who's it? Joey Sly over there? Is that who they got? I think Joey so, Sly. Yeah. 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 Nine, nine field goals, maybe. You, you look out. Maybe put a prop bet on that. You'll make yourself a whole lot of money. But that's what we got. Uh, we're all going with the Bears victory. Um, and Cole Komet, Tavis Pierce, and Cordell Patterson to score a touchdown. Put out your life's mortgage on again. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that being said, that's going to do it for this episode of Bears Nation podcast, talking about the Panthers, the upcoming game against the Panthers on Sunday. Uh, Once again, don't forget Manscaped, code SHI, C-H-I, to get 20% off your order. Great stuff over there. We've all been using it, so head over there and use our code. But for myself, for Kevin, and for Chris, we will talk to you next week after the Bears game to recap that game. So, thank you for listening, and as always, bear down. Bear down. Bear down. Well, come on. I blame it on you all ago. Well, come on. I blame it on you all ago. Back to the same old place. Sweet home, Chicago. Chicago.